When I grow up, I want to work for a woke company. Like super woke. When I grow up, when I grow up, I want to be hired based on what I look like rather than my skills. I want to be judged by my political beliefs. I want to get promoted based on my chromosomes. When I grow up, I want to be offended by my coworkers and walk around the office on eggshells and have my words policed by HR. Words like grandfather, peanut gallery, long time no see, no can do. When I grow up, I want to be obsessed with emotional safety and do workplace sensitivity training all day long. When I grow up, I want to climb the corporate ladder just by following the crowd. I want to be a conformist. I want to weaponize my pronouns. What are pronouns? It's time to grow up and get back to work. Introducing the number one woke-free job board in America, redballoon.work. I have nothing to offer but blood, toil, tears, and sweat. Before us, an ordeal of the most grievous kind. You ask, what is our aim? I can answer in one word victory. Victory in spite of all terror. Government funded agencies are conducting open espionage with respect to charitable organizations and state approved ethics. Welcome back to the other club with Michael Thiessen and Tim Tyso, your own king of nuance and Mr. Thick. This show is produced by Liberty Coalition Canada in partnership with ChristianWeek.org. Liberty Coalition Canada exists to establish Christ's justice and righteousness and to defend those who stand. ChristianWeek.org exists to provide a practical and balanced and hope-filled perspective on national and global issues. If you want to help support our podcasting work, head over to LibertyCoalitionCanada.com slash donate and click that analysis box. Donations submitted there go directly to Christian Week for the production of all of our media. And if you want to help support our legal and advocacy work, uh, hit that donate tab as well and click other designations. And that way we can keep track of um, how we're using your donations. If you are an advertiser or some sort of organization who wants to reach our audience, email us at media at christianweek.org and we can set you up as a partner with our show to help you reach our audience um, as well as to um, establish the justice that we are all seeking together. So you can also find our shows at the Fight, Laugh, Feast Network by downloading the FLF app. And there's lots of other great stuff on there as well. Mike, I am really excited for this episode. Uh, it has been a couple weeks. We're sort of in summer mode right now. And as much as we've been enjoying that, there's some important stuff to get to. So it's good to be back with you. Oh, and don't forget to vote on the King of Nuance and Mr. Thick in the comment section. That's always a fun time. So, uh, Mike, why don't you set us up a little bit for, for this one? So, Tim, uh, as you know, uh, from time to time, Liberty Coalition Canada receives uh, emails from concerned Christians or concerned churches asking us for help, uh, making us aware of things that are going on around the country. And, Tim, this episode is a really important one. It, it, it's, it's something that Christians all throughout Canada and into the United States need to be aware of, but particularly in Canada. And this is because we received an email. Um, we received an email on July 14th, 2023. So just, just the, our past month. And we received an email that was forwarded to us 
um, in response to an email that a local church had um, had received on July 3rd. And so I'm just going to try to walk through this. If you have any questions for me, let me know. But I'm going to try to walk through this so that everybody can understand what's going on. So there is an organization named Rainbow Faith and Freedom, and they have emailed a number of churches now. So we've, be, we've become aware that uh, that this is uh, not just one church, but but we've received information from one church where um, on Monday, July the 3rd, uh, they emailed, and the subject of the email says, a few questions about inclusion. And the email reads like this. Hi, my name is Kayla. Hello, my name is Kayla. I am a researcher with Rainbow Faith and Freedom, a Toronto-based charity that directly confronts and ends religious-based discrimination against the 2SLGBTQ plus community. We are conducting research to collect information on best practices of places of worship which are inclusive and affirming of LGBTQ people and their allies, as well as better understanding why and how places of worship are not inclusive of LGBTQ folks. As a part of this project, I'm hoping to ask you a few questions. Now, Tim, I want to wait for the questions to go on a little bit later on in the programs because we're going to walk through them. But basically, this email comes on July 3rd, and this church reached out to us, asked us if we would do a public awareness campaign to make other churches aware of the situation. And already by July 14th, when they had sent this to us, already... Um, they sent this to us saying, just a heads up, wanted you to know uh, about the stuff we're dealing with down here. They, meaning the Rainbow uh, Faith and Freedom, uh, Rainbow Faith and Freedom Organization, they have also already called almost harassing and pushing to give our stands on this stuff. From what I understand, and referring back to the to the phone call, they will come to our doors soon. So that is an email that was forwarded to us about this organization. It's 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 about conducting research, and we're going to go through it. And I want to just bring everybody up to speed a little bit on this organization, Tim. And then I know you've added some research to the conversation as well. But if you just go to rainbowfaithandfreedom.org. We're going to find out some important information here. Rainbow Faith and Freedom is a movement to secure inclusion and affirmation for LGBTI people around the world by ending religious-based homophobia and transphobia. So that's their mission statement on their website. It's the first thing you read and we'll, we're going to dig into their beliefs a little bit later. So we, we, we've got a, we got a lot of stuff to unpack here, Tim, but the last framing, the, the last, you know, book end to the conversation, the, the box around the conversation that everybody needs to be aware of is that this comes from an organization that is funded by the government. So we have back uh, in February 2nd, 2022, we have a news release from the Women and Gender Equality Canada that says this, Government of Canada announces community capacity and project funding 
for LGBTQ2 organizations. And it goes on to read, the government of Canada continues to work with LGBTQ2 communities and all of our partners to protect LGBTQ2 rights and to build a safer, more equitable, and consciously more inclusive Canada. And uh, today, the Honorable Marcy Ayen, Minister of Women and Gender Equality and Youth, announced an extension of up to $7.5 million for community capacity funding. Uh, Minister Ayen has also announced up to $800,000 in funding for two specific LGBTQ2 projects. And then it goes on to talk about those two projects. The first one being the LGBTQ, LGBTQ2 Community Capacity Fund. And the second, it says this, the project funding for Rainbow Faith and Freedom will support the development of community-informed projects that will address systematic barriers LGBTQ2 people face as a part of the $15 million LGBTQ2 project fund announced in the budget of 2021. So just before you jump ahead on that, I just want to be clear that um, the, the, this researcher, Kayla, I think her name was, um, has been hired as a full-time staff as part of this government endowment. This is a well-funded government project. Um, these are not volunteers. Um, this is this is a this is a well-funded and becoming very well-organized um, apparatus. And I said in the intro to the show, Mike, that the government is now conducting open open espionage. And I'm gonna we're gonna unpack that a little bit more. But what you're seeing is. Uh, this organization confronting, as in the guise of research, confronting organizations that would pose, in their language, a systematic barrier to a homosexual. So, so what they're doing is what we've seen become very popular in the last few years, this idea of deconstructing and decolonizing um, in terms of our of our culture, this is a furtherance to that agenda, where they are seeking to deconstruct and deplatform any systematic or 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 vestige of what we would call a historic conservative or Christian view. So, fifteen million dollars, well funded, well staffed. Uh, we're not dealing with a Mickey Mouse organization. We're not talking about some fringe lefties kind of protesting on a university front lawn right now. We are talking about uh, a highly effective um, and, and well-funded organization. So I just kind of wanted to frame that a little uh, bit, but but keep going, Mike, um, in terms of setting this up for us. Well, actually, Tim, I, wa I want to keep uh, the ball actually in your court because you said something just as, you know, backstage as we were preparing for this, you said something uh, very telling um, as, as one of the first points we need our listeners to hear. And, and, and when we say our listeners, we mean we need this video to go viral. We need Christians all over Canada to hear this. Um, when you, in, in that summary there, when you, when you said, um, we're talking about a well-funded organization, we're not talking about volunteers, Tim, backstage you had said it a little bit differently where like 
we're not the one holding all the cards. Like when, 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 when it, of course we're the ones holding all the cards because God is on our side. But when it comes down to um, people's perception about the situation, I think, right. I, I think, I think before we get into the weeds and the details of other concerns, I want you to, yeah. I want you to tell our listeners about what you were saying there. So I think one of the issues that we have faced and, and being a, a part of Liberty Coalition as we have, um, I think we've faced this same reaction on a lot of issues. If we've been talking about vaccines, if we've been talking about government overreach, if we've been talking about the Charter of Rights and Freedoms, if we've been talking about um, sort of a globalist agenda and anti-nationalism and those sort of things, we kind of always get this same reaction, which is a bit of a squint, a bit of a, a snicker and kind of like, come on, you, you know, you don't really think that, do you? Um, and it's because I think a lot of conservatives still hold this idea that we're sort of the, we're the silent majority, you know, and, and really when it comes down to it, all of this leftist agenda really amounts to kind of a screaming toddler and basically a, a bunch of incompetent, um, you know, kind of softy whiners. And really the adults are still in charge and, you know, ultimately society still really revolves around reality and sort of our worldview. And so we have over and over, and I think for decades now, just been dismissing these uh, organizations and these pundits and these activists as being just that, just dismissible and unserious and incompetent and ultimately ineffective. And what we, what we want to show, and I think maybe it's good to put this at the, at the front end of this episode is that, we do not hold the cards culturally anymore. We, we are not sitting in the places of influence and power. Um, as you just read, Mike, the, this is in a government press release. We're seeing this rainbow faith freedom, which is so ridiculous. You and I have sat around trying to name things, whether it's our podcast or, you know, church work we've done. Liberty Coalition had to be named as like the rainbow faith and freedom. It sounds like this hour has 22 minutes making fun of this whole idea. And yet these people are receiving millions of dollars of, of our tax dollars in order to attack us and to sit around and snicker and just go, ah, this is, yeah, this will blow over or, you know, may I'll just get lost in my spam folder. Um, that, that's not going to fly. These people have the time. They have the government's backing. And by the way, if you haven't noticed, we're going to talk about this a little bit later. The law has all been shifted to be uh, downwind from them. So, so, so the law is on their side now. So you, you can't just say, well, we'll just take you to court for harassment or so forth. You, you don't have any of the cultural mechanisms on your side anymore. You no longer have cultural clout. I hate to say it this way, but you have no choice but to listen to what we have to say on this subject. And it's not because we're so wise and so um, smart and, and, and so ready. It's because we don't have any other op we don't have any other cultural option but to face this. I think in some of the ways that we're presenting. So, um, yeah, they, they, this is a this is a very serious threat to civic, cultural, religious life in Canada. There's to think otherwise is utterly naive. And I hope by now that we've been proven, um, at least credible in identifying some of these. The, the metaphor that I'm thinking about is simply that the, the net has been dropped very widely right now, but it's in the water and, 
and and when you commented on this backstage and we were talking about this it was it's helpful like we're going to get into more details but the biggest point is everybody needs to be aware that this is a government inquisition this this, this is a this is a government conformity test this is the starting of the work towards the real work and before we get to what is the real work and actually what they're trying to accomplish people need to understand that the framework the netting is already deep in the water so we have bill c4 for conversion therapy which we've talked many times about but it is criminal it's in the criminal code it has been accepted we have bill c11 bill c18 we have in Ontario, we have already um, hate speech bills that limit parental rights. You know, Ontario was one of the first provinces, uh, one of the, the government bodies in the world to limit parental rights when it came down to um, parents' statements about what their children can and cannot do around sexuality. The law is on the Inquisition's side. The police are not, if they come knocking and say, we want answers and for some reason, a void of answer is construed or conflated to be some type of conversion therapy. Like they're avoiding our questions so that we can guarantee conversion therapy isn't happening there. You're, you're talking about police coming to the door saying, can you help these guys? It's just research. We don't want to be here. Nobody wants to be here. But, you know, they, they are worried that conversion therapy is happening. We just need – look, at just we just need you guys to be mainstream evangelicals. Don't okay, worry okay, about well, it. Okay, hang on, hang on, hang on. Let's, let's get into the research. Let's get into the research because we're, we got we to back end some of this stuff. Okay. Let's so, get into the research a little bit here. Great. Okay. I agree with you, but I just want to finish the thought is the net – and Tim, this was your thought, so I'm stealing it, but you didn't bring it up on the podcast. So again, you win the prize for Mr. Thick this episode because literally I set you up to give your metaphor and you didn't give it, so I'm giving it. All they have to do is pull the string at the top. All they have to do is they're up in the fishing boat. All they have to do is start reeling in the net. And the swimming space that everybody thinks they're in is now just at whatever pace they choose. It could be 20 years. It could be 15 minutes. It's obviously not going to be 20 years. They're already reaching out to churches on this. The net is going to be restricted. So I agree. We need to get to the research and where they're really going with this work. But I, everybody needs to know at the top end of this that the law is not on the church's side right now. And that's partly why we exist is we're fighting a number of legal battles in order to try to help change the law, but they're coming, they're coming fast. Okay. So what's the research? So Tim, that's a great question. Let's begin with the seven questions. Okay. Now, Tim, we're going to play a game. I'm going to give you a, going to give you a chance to dig your way out of Mr. Thick today. And the game is I'm going to ask you the question and I don't even think you've seen these questions and without too much research or Googling. And again, I'm terrible at these games. I lose every single time we play them. So that's why I get to ask the questions. Cheat. And you cheat. And I do cheat. 
You, I just want you to give me your thoughts. So here we go. Question okay. number one. Here's the research. In corporations, places of worship, and the government, there is a focus on including the LGBTQ community. What are your thoughts on this expectation for inclusion? So you've heard of the, the long push through the instant, the slow march through the institutions. Um, this is the parade. So the, this is the parade at the end of that March. This is the victory lap. Um, uh, so what they're doing is showing, Hey, institutions have all been, um, they've all been commandeered. They've all been infiltrated. There is now a full blown expectation at every societal level. And again, we're not just talking about individuals because that was 15 years ago where you had to become a tolerant person. You had to treat people kindly in the workplace and you had to stop making fun of people for those things. And every decent Canadian was like, well, sure. I don't want to be a jerk. Well, that's pushed aside now. And now we're at the level of institutional conformity. And so what they're saying is, Hey, are you on board with this institutional conformity? Are you on board with this institutional expectation or not? Um, because again, the, the mission statement of, as you read is to eliminate systematic barriers. Um, and so again, this is just, you know, are you up to speed on Canada's new culture? Um, because the culture you thought you were in is gone. And I just want to gauge kind of how you're feeling about it. Are you angry? Are you happy? Right? So it is, it is very much sort of a taunting, uh, victory lap for this long march through the institutions. Okay. I'm going to give you my, my hot take on it. My hot take on it is, can I catch you saying something that would allow us to take away your charitable status? So the word corporations mm -hmm. hit me pretty hard there. And, um, the, 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 the thoughts about, you know, what are your thoughts on the expectation of inclusion? If someone were to give a, an answer to say, well, uh, I think these expectations are sinful. I think they're immoral. Um, it is the, the, it, the question begs an answer that then allows the response to be, okay, well, like we told them, we told them that corporations, places of worship and government are all places that there's a focus on it. They, 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 they openly rejected these expectations. So then why should they get the privileges that certain corporations and certain places of worship and government get? And so, as you know, from the CBC article that was written about us, Tim, about, um, uh, about the Liberty Coalition Canada printed by the CBC, you know, you and I both have talked at length about how, you know, we, we have this very lengthy, you know, almost like we, we, if it wasn't for, um, if it wasn't for the framing of the article, we have a very accurate article written about us, but the framing of the article, um, makes implications about what we're saying that are not true. And you know, that the very last line of that article says, LGBTQ advocates have been critical of the city's willingness to cooperate with socially conservative Christian organizations while their organizations have long struggled to, con to secure consistent funding. And um, they asked the question, very last paragraph, there is a whole other piece. All of these people 
that are propping up these institutions, these people that are funding these institutions, these people are tithing to these institutions. The fact that these institutions are not taxed despite their actions, she said. And so we, we, the very last sentence of that article randomly brings up this quote about tax exemption. We know that the liberal platform specifically wants to go against pro-life groups and anti-liberal uh, anti, um, groups for their tax exemption. So that first question for me is just very revealing. Uh, I, think you're, I think you're astute to say it's kind of like, hey, are, are you on the uptake to how things are changed? This is a great opportunity for you to tell us that you're learning. And I'm thinking based upon the answer, that question allows them to turn around and say, look, these are the guys who – their tax exemption should be taken away. So you bring up tax exemption. Uh, I just want to bring in a quote here from MPP Kristen Wong Tam, uh, who, for anyone who's been paying attention, she was in that hilarious photo op that went viral all over the internet where she looks like she's posing with the cast of like Star Trek meets RuPaul's Drag Hour um, meets The Wizard of Oz or something, that, that sort of inclusivity photo. She said of Rainbow Faith and Freedom, quote, Rainbow Faith and Freedom is a bold and innovative project to make safer spaces for the, the alphabet people across Canada and beyond. But that's not all. Their research will create and share knowledge that can be used to hold recipients of government grants accountable for creating truly, truly welcoming spaces. So there, there is no mystery about how this organization is going to be used by government agencies. It is to hold accountable anybody who is under a tax exempt umbrella and beyond. It, we'll get there. We'll get to bakeries and, and tire changing shops later. Those will need to be safe spaces as well. But for now, the government has the power to squeeze and put the squeeze on, um, charitable organizations. And so uh, Kristen Wong Tam is, is not hiding this in the bushes. They're, they are playing their cards. This is open faced poker right now with everybody around the table standing and everyone's all in and they're going show your cards because we're showing ours. We're coming after you and this will create knowledge that is going to hold you accountable. If you don't think as a church or some other non-charitable organization that holds to any semblance, any shadow of Christian conviction. If you don't believe they are coming for you to end that, then, then you are being uh, sadly naive. And we hope that you'll stick around for this episode to sort of help us unpack and to help you get your head around how you can react to this. Go ahead, Mike. Yeah. Just what, what was the date of that quote? Uh, so that's, <clears throat> this is rainbow faith and freedom tweeting. Um, just, recently in in july okay. um late july of this year i don't know when she said it but again this is a pretty new organization so we are talking about the reaction that they're getting from from local um elected officials yep absolutely okay number two does your place of work worship welcome folks who are part of the lgbtq community now can i go first on this can i take a stab at this okay so this is the question that allows the pastor who wants to play semantics 
to say, yes, everybody's welcome. And it, it's the, it's a temptation card because it, you know, uh, man, you can, you just look on any, you can, you know, any church sign throughout the last 15 years. And at some point it says all welcome, this idea of being welcome. And so this is a, this is a litmus test to see whether or not the church is going to play semantics. And, uh, you better be warned because if you say yes, you're welcome. And what you mean in your brain is yes, they're welcome to hear the gospel, repent of their sin and be changed by the, the, by being reborn uh, through the re regenerative work of the Holy spirit. So yes, I can say they're technically welcome. You know, full well, you're lying because that's not really what they're asking. They're asking, that's what Kristen Tam Wong's uh, Wong Tam's quote is. Are they creating truly welcoming spaces? That means no expectation, no criticism, no judgment, no, uh, no confrontation of any sort. No That's what a truly repentance. welcoming space is. So I'll give that one to you. I, I have nothing to add to that because the rest of the questions really bear that out and prove what you're saying. So number three, if yes, in what ways do you welcome LGBT folks? So again, if you, if you, if you bought, if you, if you bit on it, like if you, if you took the bait and, and you're seeing the net, but then there's a hook descending somewhere here and you swirled up for it, they're like, okay, tell us how. And so my answer here is, well, we keep the doors uh, unlocked until worship is over, right? It's like, how do you welcome them? Well, the doors are open, right? I mean, that's, that's how we could answer. That's how we've conducted our worship services for decades in this country. The doors are open, no matter whether you, what you did on the street last night, what you did at a party last night, what relationships you have, the doors are open for you to come into our church. So again, not the answer they're looking for. How do you welcome them? How do you ignore? So this is the thing, because it's all, it's always been about, do you, do you, are you seen? Are you affirmed? That's what welcome means. It means I see you, you're here. Uh, and I'm glad you're here in the state that you're in. I'm glad you're here representing the worldview that you represent you and your choices enrich me and my choices. That's what they mean by how is do you center them and, and um, feature them and include them in terms of the integral part of who you are? And obviously, as a Christian church, we don't because we command all people, as you said in the first section, to, to repent and, and be made new in the image of God uh, and after the likeness of his son, which includes um, a right relationship to your body and a right relationship to sexuality and family, which the LGBTQI plus community, so-called, does not do. They systematically reject all of those things that Christianity holds out as a as a as the means by which we're welcome to God. So, yeah. So I'm going to read off of their as we're answering this question. We're I'm going to read off of their website. Um, our beliefs. We believe a person's religious beliefs are a part of their intersectional identity. So again, there. This is the. This is all critical. This is all based on critical theory. Um, so, so you have to remember that in critical theory, Tim, it is the oppressed 
speaking up to the oppressor. So when they say that a religious person's religious beliefs are a part of their intersectional identity, what they what they're really saying is some people want to be Christians without being confronted by the Christ of the church, but by the savior of the church. So they just need, they just need to go and, and they need to be affirmed and, and oppressor who might want to, to, to speak to them and, and call them to repentance. That's not what they need. What they need is a religious experience. And even the leaders of the church ought not get in between their feelings and desires for a religious experience, whether or not it is connected to uh, a, an actual statement of beliefs or not. Number two, they say RFF advocates for freedom of religion and freedom from religion. So again, similar, but getting, but in closer. And finally, if religious based homophobia is not directly confronted folks, $400,000 from the federal government with, with backing by, uh, um, um, by members of parliament, the world will remain an unsafe place for LGBTI folks. A religious problem requires a religious response. You're the problem church. And so we're coming to you. And we're helping you address this by you answering this question, uh, question number four. If yes, how do you inform LGBTQ folks that they are welcome? Question number five, if no, why not? Do you inform them that they're welcome? How do you inform them? Again, this has nothing to do with coming into a space, <clears throat> being allowed to stay there, and being invited to participate in the worldview of the people who created that space again this is just this is obnoxious would be sort of the benign way of putting it um to assume that you can come into somebody else's worship space and demand that they conform their that their worldview and their worship to it's it's toxically narcissistic for one how do you inform them that they're welcome <clears throat> they're Nobody is entitled to be informed of anything when they attend um, any place of worship. They are entitled uh, by by human decency to be allowed to sit and observe and witness and 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 absorb what's going on. They are not entitled to be made a part of that worship space. Uh, so that that's aside. That's an and, aside. Sorry. And technically, you're being too generous. Uh, a worship community is a private organization. And so, for example, right. a man who just beat his wife last night and she comes to church to be at peace away from him and he tells her, oh, you can't escape from me. I'm going to go into church. He doesn't have the right to be there. Correct. The, both, and I know the, you, you've actually church, dealt with situations like that. Absolutely. This is the, the church has the right to say, get off my property. In the same way that if there is a trans activist or a, a homosexual who has a big old sign and is making a big stink. They do not have the right to disrupt a worship service. Now, someone who wants to learn with 
the intentions of sincere worship can come as a sinner and hear the gospel. But to be very clear, Tim, worship spaces are protected in the, and, and legally, and they're not to be uh, treated lightly, even if you're in mm-hmm. a state of disagreement. Mm-hmm. So again, so we're just moving through these questions. We're, we're, we're trying to give the, the premise of where culturally we are at, where a government funded agency now feels they are entitled to question you on the way you conduct yourselves in terms of a worship experience and the degree to which, and in very specific ways, how you are going to conform yourself to the tenets and the structures that would constitute a safe space. So churches, again, if you thought that this whole LGBT thing was just about, they just want to be treated with dignity as they order a double double at Tim Hortons without being made fun of. If, if they, if they want to go get a job at Cisco systems as an IT person that they're not going to be asked who they're married to or who they sleep with. And you thought, yeah, those are fine. And and, and over here, you can have your worship service. You you can exist as you always have in your little cultural pocket. And these people are going to just get along and just enjoy the same dignity that you do. If you thought that's what this is about, this should disabuse you of that fantasy because they are now coming into your church and saying, you are going to become a safe space. We are literally going to infiltrate your space, which is literally sacred and and can being conducted under the direction of God and under his direct accountability and saying, you are now going to conform to our standards and you're going to like it and you're going to put words in God's mouth and you're going to tell these people that that there is no difference between what they're doing and what God calls them to. So this is how dramatically far we've come. And we're, we're not speaking in conspiratorial terms. These are, these people are out there doing this work literally as we speak. This has already come. Tim, again, when we were processing this a little bit, you came up with a really great metaphor and I want to give you the opportunity to share that on this point. They're dragging people in from the sidelines. Yeah. So, so, so you, 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 exactly. Yeah. Go hit they, it. They, so on, when, when we thought, when we thought that, um, this was again, just about, uh, allowing people who didn't agree that you, you could be off to the side on the sidelines and, and, and all we're doing over here is we're doing some regional work to kind of help, um, just get rid of some kind of barbaric cultural, um, uh, practices you, like like gay shaming or or hazing or open mockery or beatings or any anything else that you might experience as a as a gay person if it were found out, and we're just going to remediate. We're just going to do remedial work on that. But you over here, you can be on the sidelines. Well, they, that's again not acceptable anymore. You're being dragged out onto the field and you're being given a pom pom as a cheerleader. Wave this, yell this, cheer. When this team scores a touchdown, you jump up and down and wave those pom-poms. That's what's going down with this work, with this research. Uh, you are no longer allowed to be in the stands wearing the team jersey of your choice, whether it's Ty Cats, Argos, Packers, 
whatever it is or just stay in the football. Or you would world. never even think about a... the CFL when you think about football because why would you ever think about the CFL? I am so, I'm been, speaking to Canadians and I know you've got a soft years ago and we should have a Toronto NHL uh, NFL team. Like, let's make the, the bills. The bills are so, good enough for okay. us. <laughs> Tim, I want to jump in on that because it's not even. Just remember, it's it's pom-poms. That's good. But no, it's like you're a linebacker and now you go look and you go pummel that guy. Yeah. You sell out your team. You, you, you're being, you're dragged on the field to be an active participant against the kingdom of heaven. But the point without us laboring it for too long is that this is coming to you, as you've said, and as it comes to you, you're being dragged out onto the field. And, and we want you to realize that we're here to help. And as you get dragged on the field, start Start getting ready to turn around and say, no, 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 I'm actually on that team. I'm on the field now, but I'm, but I'm on the right team. Okay, Tim, I'm going to move on because there's one question that's really important here again. The seventh question is just a repeat of the first question. The, um, the, la the, the last question we need to talk about is number six, and here you go. Does your place of worship allow same-sex marriage? <laughs> So we're going, we're going all the way there. We're going, right. so they're going let's cut all to the, the chase way here. Let's just get to the chase here. Let's, let's get at what we're really talking about. And this isn't, we, we talked about the law being on their side because 2005, I think in Canada, it was legalized same sex marriage. So in 2003, if, if an organization came to you and said, Hey, do you support same sex marriage? Whether you agreed with it or not, it was illegal. Didn't matter. It's like, yeah, I, I don't know. Yes, no, doesn't matter. Now that it's legal, you're out on a limb all by yourself. And now you either conform to the legal consensus here in Canada, which is that it's legal and it's ethical and it's moral and those people deserve the rights to have children like anybody else, or you are a holdout. You are an archaic and barbaric and uh, backwards conservative. And even the conservative party in this country has officially abandoned the position that a man and a woman are, is the only legitimate expression of marriage, marriage even our own conservative party. So this, the, the, again, this is a gotcha question that they now have the power to ask, whereas 20 years ago they didn't. Okay, so you, see, this is a very distinct cultural marker to indicate how far we have fallen as a, as a country and as a culture. And on that point, this is, again, another, another test of conformity. Um, ministers of the gospel, many currently receive their ordination from the government of Ontario to perform marriages. We are state agents. Now I, I, uh, that was, uh, taken away from me. Uh, and I, I'm, I'm thankful that, uh, I, that we will just perform marriages, uh, within the church and we will celebrate, uh, those marriages. And if, uh, you know, young adults want to go get a marriage license at the same time, that's great. But, but, um, because we would prefer that they're married in the eyes of the state, but, 
you know, this is going to be another test of like, oh, well, your church, well, who are you, which organization are you ordained with? Oh, you're ordained with that organization. Do they permit same-sex marriage? Oh, they don't permit same-sex marriage. You're talking about the threat. You're talking about information that is designed to pigeonhole and corner very quickly individuals who are, um, going to uphold biblical standards and then to punish them um, by potentially removing that state privilege. Tim, on that point, people might be saying, come on, are you guys sure? You're on, I'm on their website. I clicked on our work. I clicked on our projects. And the first project to come up is called Mapping the Landscape. In a landmark 41-page report, RFF introduces the wide lane landscape of faith-based LGBTQ plus discrimination. This report addresses the most critical areas of where faith-based discrimination operates, surveying research from at least 15 years and documents the long-lasting impacts of this exclusion. They're gathering this information as a government-sponsored organization to map the landscape. And the reason for mapping the landscape is that's the groundwork for basing decisions of policy. You map the landscape before you set a policy and the policies will come and the laws on their side. And so again, I just want to go back, Tim, you've articulated it it quite well too, but when it's, when, when we read that a, a religious problem requires a religious response. This is a direct movement into the church saying, it's your problem. Uh, we're going to help you deal with it. And, the, you know, do not be uh, fooled by any type of language here. This is the government funding an organization to do research so that the government then can, in response, follow all of the laws that they've put in place and send individuals to churches to say, look, you either do this or else charitable status and marriage licensing, the ability to marriage is removed. And So, Mike, yeah. tw- 20, 18 years ago when same-sex marriage was legalized in Canada – Religious. Now, I'm not really old enough to. Well, I'm, I'm old enough to remember, but I don't remember the debate around that. I don't remember what pastors were saying. You would have a better gauge on that. But um, what what happened? And that's an old joke. Yes, with the old joke. Gotcha. Wonderful. I think I generally pick up both. Anyway, okay, so. Uh, that's probably a slap in my own face. In 2005, religious liberty was never in question. That's what I'm getting at here. It was all about, hey, these people just want visitation rights in a hospital and they want to be able to leave their their will. They want to be able to leave their same-sex partner, um, you know, the money that's left in their bank and their estate. We're just trying to equal the playing field here financially. Religious liberty was never in question. It was like, this is what we're just giving rights to these people. You are plenty welcome to continue practicing your religion with your convictions. That was 2000. That was 18 years ago. What we are saying, what this proves is that religious liberty is dead. 
there is no longer any concern to uphold the appearance of religious liberty because they are coming for religious organizations and saying, prove to us that you celebrate and affirm these people, or you are going to face consequences. And, and that is a, that's a long strategic campaign. It takes patience to run that kind of gamut on the public, because if they had done that 18 years ago, this would have been flushed. This would have been flushed and totally rejected. You, you cannot take religious liberty from people in Canada. We are a Western nation. People flock here as immigrants because of religious liberty. It would have been, it would have been dismissed and flushed and rejected out of hand. 18 years later, there is no longer, they don't, they don't care if they propose or appear to uphold religious convictions or, and liberty, because now if you hold these religious views, you are seen as harmful and as discriminating and as essentially un-Canadian. So now they've cr successfully created a class of Canadians who do not deserve the same rights as others. And it's no longer homosexuals, it's conservative Christians. So again, we're just trying to be clear about in terms of awareness, how serious things have become in this country. Give them the gold. So you, you just made a statement that this has been an 18 year journey. Give them the gold. Who is behind the Rainbow Faith and Freedom Organization, Tim? Give them the gold. So, so the the so I want to take you to the founder. The founder of the Rainbow Faith Freedom, Reverend Doctor Brent Hawks. Uh, he actually conducted the world's first <clears throat> uh, legal same-sex marriage in 2001 by the way which is four years before canada legalized it and the fat irony about this is that number one he's been a very patient activist and a very steadfast and immovable um uh, activist in terms of seeking out his goals okay and, and the fat irony here is that he was able to bypass the legal prohibition against same-sex marriage by using and this is right on the Twitter account for Rainbow Faith and Freedom by using the ancient Christian tradition of reading out the marriage bands of a couple, which bind that couple in matrimony, should there be no objection. So you have to read marriage bands three weeks in a row in advance of the wedding. This is a, that's a Christian tradition. And he perversely uses this legal loophole in order to legally marry people who are in God's eyes, committing an abomination. And so th this guy's been at work. He's been the pastor of a, of a cult. He's been the leader of a cult called the Metropolitan Church Community Church in Toronto. Um, their, their staff is loaded down with um, transgender and confused and, and perverse people. Um, and, and, and they are activists in this journey and they are, they've been doing this for decades. They are practiced, they are funded, they are, and, and, and this is now in the mainstream. So, uh, again, this is happening in, in the center of our Canadian culture. Now it's no longer in the fringes. It's no longer at the peripheral. Um, it's mainstreamed and celebrated and, and you will not be allowed to sit on the sidelines and say, well, I'm just going to stay a Christian over here. Um, because there is a totalitarian view now to culture, which honestly didn't exist nine years ago, or at least it was very hidden back then. It, it's been a, it's been a 22 year March, if not longer, it's been a 22 year journey, a very patient and calculated journey, but it's been completely inside 
and working inside the government. So J Joe Jameson is now the new president. And he is the, formity, the former deputy registrar of the Ontario College of Teachers. He began his teaching career with the Halton Catholic District School Board. Now, many people who are listeners to us, we have, we have Protestants and we have Catholics who listen. And uh, that's just because our posture for differences within Christianity is that we disciple one another and we try to teach one another as we're, as we're in these freedom battles. If you're a Catholic, you might have been saying for years, why is it that our schools look just as bad as the public schools? Well, it's because the standards of hiring have not been um, sincere uh, to hire conservative Christians. Um, these are these are these are real activists who have been involved in government and who are now receiving government money in order to come after churches. Again, they're mapping the situation. Amy Hannon is the vice president. She is she is the citizenship and community advisor with TD Canada Trust. These are people who have put themselves, have gotten themselves into influential positions, and now they are wielding uh, their uh, their influence uh, quite well. And when I say quite well, I mean quite strategically. And the church needs to be aware that this is coming. So, Tim, we, we've basically said, look, the first part of the conversation, Tim, was that the the, the net is in place. The, the law is on, their, on, on the side. I think the second point here that we're making um, is very clearly you, church. Remember, you can't be on the sidelines anymore. Like if you don't, if you don't like what's going on, you've got to link arms with Liberty Coalition Canada or other organizations to understand what's happening legally to, of course, preach the gospel in the midst of all of these uh, situations. But the gospel is a gospel of transformation. It's a transformation mm -hmm. of culture. It is not a gospel of compromise uh, to evil. You know, um, we are we are Sodom and Gomorrah. The people are pounding at the door saying, let the men out that we might have sex with them. We really have got to stop pretending like we can remain inside and hide. You know, th can, there's I, a can I just comment on that just for a moment? Because I think that Sodom and Gomorrah analogy is is so it almost is literally happening. I mean, almost literally. Yeah. But in terms of, yes, but I it's almost happening systematically now in a government-funded way. So now it's almost like they've got government badges and they're knocking on doors saying, excuse me, we'd like you to, to sign this, uh, this um, you know, affidavit or this sort of testimony of values that you submit to um, this, all of this perversion. And here's what's happening in most churches. Most churches are huddling around going, this is terrifying. And, but here's going to be our strategy. We're going to stand up on Sunday and we're going to articulate the doctrine of the Trinity. We're going to stand up on Sunday. We're going to articulate the doctrine of inspired scripture. We're going to stand up and articulate the doctrine of six day creation. 
all incredibly important things. But if you think that the government is going to come along and, and, and demand that you deny some minutia of, of core Christian doctrine, and you're going to go, no, I will never deny the deity of Jesus Christ. And so, so that, so I'm safe and I'm faithful here. Here I stand upon this truth that Jesus Christ is the son of God. They're happy for you to, to confess that. What they will not allow you to confess is what are the creational norms? What are the demands that this son of God makes upon the world, not just upon Christians, but upon the whole world. And so we have got to stop thinking that the government knows and cares about your doctrinal statement and is going to come make you burn your own doctrinal statement. They, 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 they are going to find a way to get you to affirm the perversion that's going on so that you become a safe space. And they're going to allow you all the while to think that you're still defending the Christian gospel. So as churches, we've got to stop doing this. The, the battle right now is not for six day creation versus theistic evolution, as important as that is. The, 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 the debate right now is not on the, the nature of the transfiguration. Okay. In Luke 19 or whatever it is, the, the battle here is for the dignity of man and woman and the family and the, the, the destiny of millions of children in this country, by the way, who are being led astray in these matters. So I, we've got to stop hiding inside and hoping it'll go away because they, they don't seem to be going anywhere. Look at the last 18 years. Are they becoming more comfortable with your Christian conviction or less? And who's, where is all the cultural clout shifting as we look forward? It's not toward us. So number one, most of our listeners would agree with you about their personal convictions, but the vast majority of churches have already given away a six-day creation. So you, you don't even get to use that as an example where people are yeah. going to stand. Um, the, the, the people who are upholding a six-day creation are the ones who are out here fighting this battle. The, the, the evolutionists are, are confused about um, whether or not we're goop or not. And whether or not they can stand on God's word about that basic premise. So I, I understand where you're getting at, Tim. It's 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 not an either or. It's a both and, and it's solved though by not hiding. I that that's the point, and 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 being aware of what's uh, what's happening. So um, we really need everybody to realize they are coming. And the reason why they are coming is they want conformity. No longer can you think that these um, uh, these individuals, you know, are fringe and 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 they're just going to go away because that's the way that's the way things have happened for the last forty years in your mind. And nor can you think that uh, the law is secretly on your side. Um, we Christians need to get up off the couch because they're already um, they're they're already here, and we need to realize the implications of this. So let 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 me let me just finish with this thought. Um, so what? So we we talked about that before. So what? What what can you do? Well, the first thing you can do is you can share this podcast with as many Christians as you know. And again. Um, that is actually not just promotion. I, I don't even care if you share the podcast. Go take the Rainbow Faith and Freedom link that is on their website and tell every Christian you know to read about this. And tell every Christian you know to Google 
um, Women and Gender uh, Equity Canada and um, and Rainbow Faith and Freedom and read up for themselves because pastors need to be aware of, of, of how to – that this is happening. Number two, if you're a church and your first reaction is to receive this and say nothing about it, like Tim and I have said, you're on the field. You're either you're either cheering a pom pom or you're running off to the corner, but you're on the field, and you need to come and join the huddle. You know, uh, go to Liberty Coalition Canada, sign up as a as a church who wants to receive information, and when we offer strategy, when we offer thinking, when we offer coordination, get involved. It, we are in the, we are in the, we're in a, we are in a battle in the sense of course, as the kingdom of heaven battles evil and our armor is of course the armor of God, but we are soldiers nonetheless. And you, you can't hide because that's what they want you to do. They either want you to respond and conform or they want you to run and hide and, and you can't, they, they'll pick you off if you're alone. They'll pick you off if you don't understand the law. They'll, they'll, they'll pick you off and they'll tell you lies and that will allow them to keep quietly and quickly changing policies. Number three, if you are holding out for a political opportunity to vote, tell everybody that you know to stop voting for the conservative party or the liberal party or the NDP party. And either vote for the Christian Heritage Party as a way to start telling uh, Canadians that there is actual momentum, uh, there's actual numbers within the Christian conservative movement, or approach the the, the PPC because uh, they're they're not as clear, they're not as strong on some of these matters as the Christian Heritage Party. But Bernier and those guys are learning and they're listening and at, and at least they're open. They're up for open dialogue. But somewhere you have to get involved as a church. You've got to say to your church family, be informed. You've got to learn potentially how to uh, host debates and and uh, coordinate with, with, with candidates. Because this is a small group of people wielding an incredible amount of power because we've been on the sidelines. So come get involved. We invite you there. We've given you the information that you need to know. Charitable status is coming. Uh, it's going to be attacked. Uh, your, your ability to marry uh, in, in, in Canada is likely you know, being researched right now. The way forward is to proclaim the morals and ethics of the Bible and to get involved and coordinate in order to protect one another. So Tim, I know that it's time for us to wrap up. So I am just going to say thank you for all of your great research on this one. Thank you for your interaction. And everybody who is listening, please share this video. Give us a five-star rating. You can get it wherever you download your podcasts. Thank you for listening. This is Mike and Tim, and Godspeed to you. <laughs>